what's going on? This is the Highlight Podcast number two. And we've got four people with us. And yeah, it's going to be a great podcast. Just going to do a little bit of a housekeeping before we move on. Shout out to everybody listening to our podcast. Special, uh, special thanks to everyone following us. Uh, we got Ben running the show back there. We got Top Mass on behind the scenes camera. We got Arjun running the second camera right there. We got Charlene in the building. She made us food. She made us uh, some awesome butter curry. Butter curry. Butter chicken. Sorry. And I'm, I'm feeling really good. <laughs> and we got Jess and Jackie all the way in the back there. And it's actually making me really sweaty because we got an audience in front of us. Um, we are actually going to be answering some questions today from the fans, but we will get to that later on. You can also catch us on Spotify. We are on Spotify right now. And you can also catch us on Anchor which is a podcasting app. Here's a really cool thing. You can actually leave us a voice message on the app of Anchor, apparently. Uh, I haven't really tried that, but you can do that to us. And if you have an awesome voice message, we'll maybe play it on the show, right? Uh, before moving forward, uh, we still don't really know the name of this podcast just yet. Uh, I found someone some that I, some online that I was going to share. Someone shared uh, HOL Talks. What do you think about that? It's pretty basic. Hole talks. I think you can do better. Okay. All right. This one's really funny. Behind the hole. Yeah. Okay. That goes out, goes out to Drew Han on our, in our YouTube comments. Behind the hole. Okay. So with me today, we've got the whole High End Live team with us. This is actually super exciting. Apparently, we've all been away last week. We just got back from a bunch of our trips, right? Parker, Justice, you went to uh, Garibaldi? We did. Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell me about that? Okay. Justice looked it up. He did all the research. And then he posted it to the group in some kind of a group chat, some messenger service that we we all have apps for. And I looked at it and said, okay, that looks sweet. Let's do it. So we got four of us together, Parker, Justice, uh, Riker's dad, Brad, and Benjamin, and Ben, the techie guy right in there, and we all went for a nice little hike, super early in the morning, I think, what, 5.30 meetup time, and yeah, then well, got on the mountain by 7.38. Aiming for 5 o'clock meetup time, but yeah, well, we never really, we're always a little yeah, party, yeah, exactly. How far is the Garibaldi from, from like, here? Like, from downtown Vancouver? Mm-hmm. Hour and a half drive? It's just, no, not even, it's just up past Squamish, so... Yeah. Yeah, maybe close to an hour and a half. That's rubbish. Call it, call it an hour to an hour and a half, depending on traffic and weather. Rained on the way up, which was kind of demotivating because we're like, oh crap, we've got a fifteen-kilometer hike upwards, like two two thousand meter altitude, and it's raining right now. Yeah, and it's dark and see the sky was cold. moody, dark. It wasn't even light out, and it was just like pissing rain. We're like, what, what, what are we getting ourselves into? And then. Like a quarter of the way up, all of a sudden just went like almost blue, like shines a blue sky and everything like that. And we're like, okay, okay, this might happen. This may work out. Um, and the, the craziest thing was I thought I was prepared for this. Like I thought like, you know, I got this, I can do anything. But like putting 50 pounds of weight on your back and hiking up all these switchbacks and heading to the mountain was something that I'd never done. I don't think you've ever done. No, we probably didn't do enough research looking into it. Brad really know what to expect but like it was it was relentless uphill it was just never ending uphill you didn't even get a moment where it was just a flat patch for a bit 
So like you're going five, five and a half, six kilometers and you are constantly just going up and you're like, this is, this is brutal. Like my legs hurt, my shoulders hurt from bags. I'm sweating. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it's crazy. Like I didn't even think about it and you should think about it. Like if you've got a camp, all the, put all the essentials in your back, 50 pounds of weight obviously makes a difference when you're doing a hike and I didn't even calculate that. So when we started going, I was like, how the heck am I going to get 12 kilometers up this hill? Like, the, there's no way. The big thing that we thought of is, yeah, I can carry heavy stuff on my back and walk around a bunch, but you're thinking flat ground for the most part. Yeah. Like Ben was saying, he wears a heavy bag when he's out doing, like, filming and stuff for music festivals or for nightclubs or whatever he's doing, and he can run around with that bag on his back all night for hours, but it's so different when you're carrying it up in elevation now. Just for the record, Parker had two backpacks the whole time. He had one on his back and carrying one on his front, which is like, I don't know, I guess a no-no for hikers. And it was, we, we traded off the bag halfway through the hike and I just, it sucked. I'm always trying to one-up everyone, aren't you? I'm the, I'm the workhorse, what yeah. can I say? Yeah. You also balance it on your head or what? We talked about that, <laughs> I don't have balance. <laughs> So, like, um, what kind of stuff were you guys bringing up there? Like, yeah, I know, I know you're talking about gear and, like, camping gear, camera gear. What exactly did you bring up there? So, essentials, obviously, you need a tent, sleeping bag, um, something to sleep on. Parker had a yoga mat. Um, and then, like, water, cooking stove for, actually, Brad had this espresso machine, machine in the morning, which was the best. That is <laughs> nice. essential, it's actually. What would uh, you call it? Like, we called it an espresso machine, but it was really no more than it. just like a little cup. People have them at home. They're just really portable and light. Like a French yeah. press? Because when I heard... No, they like put on the stove and it percolates? Percolate oh, it? Percolates. I don't yeah. know. When I heard we had an espresso like, machine, I was like, how are we plugging this thing in? Like, <laughs> yes, well, like, like there's a, we're going to have Nescafe. a wall adapter somewhere? Like, <laughs> yeah. I have one of those things in Mexico and they actually make the best coffees. Really good. They put the whole thing on the element and it... Back to the essentials though, like, okay, so clothes, we knew it was gonna rain, it actually ended up snowing where at the top. So I packed the entire bag full of essential gear and I was like, there's no way I'm bringing this up, it's too heavy. And then I also had to include camera gear because we had GoPros, bunch of DSLRs, we had drones, we had, you know, like all this other stuff too. Plus I brought a chair that I bought from Mech the day before for 150 bucks and I was not, not gonna bring that up. So mm -hmm. um, you kind of spread it out in the weight and made it happen. Um, but I think we found out after we got to the top that you had some excess water on you or something that didn't need to be brought up, which is, I wouldn't go so far as to say it didn't need to be brought up. I packed enough so that we would have extra and there was no way we were going to run out. And yet yeah, sucked kind of carrying all that stuff for the majority of the hike. But the way down was just significantly easier. We consumed at least half of the food, if not more than half. Mm -hmm. And the way down is downhill and versus uphill. And like a lot of people say downhill is even harder or downhill is just as hard as uphill because it's, you know, you now your quads or whatever and your feet are going to get blisters and whatever. And you're more susceptible to rolling your ankle, which is true. I'll give you that. And you're already tired from the first part. But man, downhill, like you're going with gravity. It's really not harder. It was so much easier that way. So uh, I got no complaints about the whole thing. Nope. And, and I think by the time we got back to the car, I had one shaker cup full of water left over that I put in some like protein powder or something. I just made myself a drink as we drove off. Yeah. So like we used up all the water by the end. It was perfect in that sense. Right. Um, how was the filming experience? Cause you know, uh, I'm not sure if this is the first time the high end life crew has done like a hike and shoot before. Your camera is somewhat water, water resistant. I don't even know, actually. I just okay. treated it. I did have one of those bags that I put over eventually, but I just, I've seen other guys shoot with it before in the rain. I was like, 
if it rains a bit. It was okay. dangerous having all of our camera gear around mm-hmm. while it was raining. And like the rain did pick up at a couple of points where it was quite heavy. Uh, I didn't have anything waterproof really. Justice brought me a jacket cause I forgot one. Like there was the last thing I was doing leaving the house and I just slipped my mind to bring a jacket or anything waterproof. So I had his jacket, but my bag doesn't even have the little fold over flap that everyone else's did to keep it waterproof. So I put the big bag on my back and then the jacket draped over top of the back of it. So I just looked like this big hunchback and then the front <laughs> bag, which had like quick access stuff like the bear mace and my, my vlog camera was getting wet on the top of the bag. And like, I don't know if it's seeping through or what, but it's still a material like a fabric and I can't let it be wet. Tied a uh, Safeway bag to it and just like draped it over it. And it really helped, but it looked stupid and it looked like I was some kind of weird makeshift hobo (laughs) something or other going on. But, you know, I got the the job done. None of our equipment was damaged in the end, which is nice. It snowed on us overnight. We actually got snow. But that was the thing is we went at a time like, you know, almost middle of September where no one else is really going there. We talked to a park ranger at one point when we passed the little like log cabin station or something. And he's like, yeah, it's usually like in the summer, super busy, tons and tons of people here and everything's all booked up solid and like a lot of action. When we went, it was rainy, it was cold. Very few people. There were like a couple school groups, I guess, that were going through yeah. because it, school season is on now starting September and it's not too, too bad. But the weather changes so quickly that like we wanted to go and get a shot of like the ridge overlooking the lake. But it was so high up that like the mist and the clouds and the fog were, was up there. We had no visibility. There was nothing to really go and shoot. Yeah. So we got good shots of the lake, like up close by the lake. But when we went up higher, it wasn't really much that we could see. We had to pick our moments, right? Because, like, it would sporadically just rain on us. And, like, that's not good for us or the camera gear or anything. But the biggest thing was just, like, we all went out to go enjoy a hike. We all wanted to just, like, get our sweat on, not stop too often. Because when you build momentum with these things, like, you, it hurts when you take your bag off and put it back on because you feel the pain again. It's, like, it's better to keep on a rhythm and just keep on going. Once the adrenaline's down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we have to film, right? So if something comes up that we want to shoot or you got a good idea or someone wants to be creative, you got to stop all over again. And then you're also stopping for, you know, someone's got to like take some, like a hoodie off or something. Cause you, you start with a sweater and like your long John's on, but by the like 15 minutes in you're removing layers. So with that, and then shooting a bunch of stuff, we were actually stopping like almost every 20 minutes or half hour. It felt like, which was kind of like, was took away from the experience a bit, but we already know that when we shoot videos for high in life, that this is kind of our job and our duty is to, document it right we'd love to just live every experience that we do but we do have to film it because that's kind of that's what we do so that was one thing i noticed and like i was really hoping just to break out there and just go into the woods and just detach from everything but the filming was it had to be done and it was a lot of fun actually i got a new camera which is a big thing for me and I, i love playing with it so it was a good practice for that but uh it was actually great documenting everything we did because like, I don't know, it was an unreal experience and you can't really just talk about it. You have to see it. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we got all the footage we did. Hopefully you turn into something special, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll uh, have to look through all that footage in the next coming days. I mean, we had cinematography in mind. <laughs> oh, this wow. Time. I think you've got yeah. some nice stuff way. to work yeah. with. Okay. All You'll right. like it. You got to right. get that Ronin thing though. Okay. The, the stable. Okay. Call me. <laughs>
Here's the thing. If I see awesome footage and I start yelling at my computer because I love it so much, yeah. then you know, yeah. you call know, me when you, you do. Know, it. Well. <laughs> you know, sure it's awesome. hit record on your GoPro facing you so that we can watch you yell at your computer. <laughs> Josh's reaction cam. Yeah, live stream it. So, like, how long did it take to get up there? Well, shit, I don't even know. Um, we probably started around eight thirty, uh-huh. but we did stop. Like the the halfway point for us was Garibaldi Lake because. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's off the track, but we stopped there because it's like the iconic spot to go to when you're mm-hmm. up there. And we hung out there. There's a shelter. We had lunch, we had some photos, we did a bit of vlogging and just decompressed for a sec. But then after about an hour, hour and a half, we continued on. And then, yeah, so we left, what, yeah. 8.15. We got to the lake around 1, 1.15. So that's like five hours to get to the that lake point that we were at. We stopped, had a huge lunch and stuff. And mind you, we're stopping a little bit on the way. We've got eight-year-old girl bladder over here. has to pee every two minutes. <laughs> I didn't slow you guys down. I just It's true. You didn't slow us down. So like we did so take a lot of stops, so dropping layers, pee? switching lenses, huh? et cetera. We were in the woods, pee? man. Oh. We got to... <laughs> Like our, our camp spot, our destination, I guess, by what, 5.30? Wow. Yeah. Because so. we had oh, some time before sunset, but we decided not to bother because it was too overcast. Yeah, we were going to try and go further uh, all the way to the ridge, but we didn't because it was one snowing, fog was rolling in heavy, and everyone that was coming back was said visibility was basically null, so it's like... And there are a couple trails that you can choose. Like we went the the first way, the first day we went up, we went around one way that took us past the lake, big Garibaldi Lake area. Really nice. I'm glad we went that way. And the lake is so blue. Like very seldom do you see a lake that is that color of like greenish blue. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. On the way back, we went through Taylor Meadows, which is more just forest grass trees, big open acreages. Alpine situation. Yeah, which was really cool as well, but didn't have the lake aspect. That was quicker. So the way home, not only was it downhill, it was a shorter distance to travel. And we got back to the car super quickly compared to the hike up the long way around. Wow. But yeah. uh, biggest takeaway would be yeah. to do as much research as you can on your hikes before you do it. Because like even, even just knowing, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a hike and it's nine kilometers to get from point A to the lake. You don't really know how hard the switchbacks are unless you're looking at what kind of altitude you're gaining along the way and you know i don't know watch some videos of other people doing it get a better idea go to the website the parks website and see like what it's all about what to expect because like they update those websites all the time they're really up to date with everything and they've got all the information that you need there so like it would have probably benefited me i'm sure the other guys as well if i had done a little bit more research on it but we made it you know we're we're hurting right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, our, yeah, our legs are sore. My calves are done. Yeah. I'm guessing you guys um, weren't. But uh, to what Parker said, sorry, go ahead, man. I'm guessing you weren't expecting the snow either. No. I, I mean, we checked the weather, but if you know BC, you know it's like up and down. It's like schizophrenic. You never know what you're going to get, really. Um, and then we, we woke up like 4 a.m. and I remember knocking the side of the tent and hearing this like <laughs> sound. I was like, it's snowing, right? I opened it up. And I was like, yeah, it's snowing right now. I was like, Wow. And the tent we have is a summer tent and like the sleeping bag was not rated for any of this. <laughs> we took the tent out and like set it up and the entire top half of it, everything that's not the bottom layer was mesh. Yeah. See through, breathable, like <laughs> water would come yeah. through. The lightest tent you can and get. And Justice starts laughing and shows it to me. And I kind of go, we're screwed. What are we, what are we supposed to do? 
And then he's got the fly right beside it. I was like, oh, thank God there's another yeah. layer to this thing. So anyways, I had, we had uh, our heads on the one side or whatever. We were actually on a little bit of a slope. Um, our heads were here and the fly covered 99% of it, but there was a little bit of the mesh that you could see the grass below. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, don't even know what time it was, or maybe it was even morning, like four or five in the morning or something. I don't know. And I yeah. looked out the mesh and just snow on the ground. And I went, I'm going back to sleep. Forget it. <laughs> I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. I'll deal with it when I, when I have to deal with it. But like a couple hours later, it was somewhat melted. It wasn't so bad. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was just interesting but like, for it to see. We got snow. Yeah, exactly. Okay, how hard would you rate this, uh, you know, the trek up? How hard would you rate it? Is like, it difficulty? Yeah, out of 10, yeah. With seven, the bags five, and everything. Eight? I was going to say, yeah, high sevens. Yeah. Wow. So okay. like, it's, it's not like we needed... Glad you sat on this our, one, eh, Josh? <laughs> don't need to use our arms for anything. You can just walk the entire time. And we had heavy bags on it on us, and we made it. So we can't give it like a super high ranking, but mm -hmm. sure wasn't a walk in the park. That was not easy. I think if you if you did this during the summer, you might drop a number or two, but it's the fact that once you get up there, you're still having to bundle up and like mm -hmm. worry about like getting your tent, taking off clothes, and like it's just not it's it's not enjoyable really if you're in the, in the summertime you just walk around in your shorts or whatever and it's good but like in the morning i remember waking up around like five o'clock and i had to put on more clothes in my sleeping bag because i was like shivering and then when i got up i was still cold so it's like besides the whole hike element you still had to deal with like the elements when you're up there yeah. but like, i think that was part of the experience though that's what i wanted it was a challenge yeah um, we obviously we're like, the people that want to push the limits yeah we a don't bit. like let's see how much we can deal with before we like freeze completely yeah and there's there. no point where i thought i was going to cave but like this is uncomfortable and it gave me the notion that you got to be more prepared for these things i definitely could have brought more better gloves up or more grain gear or something or a better tent obviously but i mean that was part of the stuff i wanted to learn actually the thing was if we didn't have brad we probably would have been very like more underprepared because he was the only one that had done something like this before oh yeah no one had done an overnight hike before like, it was funny he was in jeans and and, and sneakers and yeah, I like wore I just, shoes. Yeah. And I just like researched basically <laughs> off the website. <laughs> yeah. I should have been in flip flops. I brought them along. Didn't need them. Uh, and I just researched like what's what the pack on a YouTube video. Watched one and then gave everyone an itinerary with the pack and that was it. Yeah. And like I didn't. And check the weather. I mean, you think that'd be enough, but there's a lot more goes into it than you'd think. Like Brad had two Nordic poles. He had walking sticks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, he's. He's not young like us anymore, you know, <laughs> he needs walking sticks. Holy crap. I was one kilometer in. All of us were like, God, hey, I wish I had walking yeah, sticks. No. Man, is that a smart move? Ben was wielding a Frodo stick at one point too. And I was like, yeah, yeah Ben found smart. a stick and was like, I'm using it. Good. I don't it's care. Good. Like I need, I need something else. This is killing my legs. And he's right. It was. Thank Kenzo, you've been uh, in some cold, cold lands lately too. Hey, dealing in. Pretty tropic, actually, where I just was. I was, uh, I'm peeling still. Got wow. a bit of a burn. Jerk. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't cold at all. <laughs> We're in the mountains while you're underwater. Yeah, I was, how long uh, have you been away Watching for? your guys' videos in the snow in the mountains, somewhat shivering with very little FOMO, actually. Although it would have been yeah, fun. Yeah, fair enough. Did but you, yeah. did you get, you were watching like Instagram stuff or what? Story. Oh, okay, story. cool. Yeah. I heard about Ben's blister. <laughs> blister that Ben. Carried through the world. Blisters of Ben. <laughs> But yeah, no, I was in uh, I was in Tonga, mm -hmm. the kingdom of Tonga, which is uh, 
Yeah, it's kind of south of Fiji. Um, the island specifically was Vavau. I was saying Vavau for the first like week, and then finally somebody corrected me. So uh, the first half of those videos will be incorrect, but after that, it's Vavau. Is the there what? an apostrophe? There is. Uh, oh, come on. Right. Can you spell it again? Yeah, spell it again. You can spell it uh, V-A-V-A apostrophe U. Uh, that's yeah, so clear as day to me. Vavau. 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 So, yeah, I was out there uh, to swim with humpback whales. Uh, it was something that I was planning and tried to do many, many times before. I think this was literally the fourth attempt of me trying to get out there for various different reasons. It just, you know, was a plan in place, didn't happen, fell through, had a ticket booked one time, then it didn't happen. And finally, fourth time was a charm. I got out there. And it was absolutely incredible. Like just the the chain of islands is just like, you know, kind of your picture pro postcard, tropical blue, lush green islands, just incredible. And man, it was crazy. Literally swimming with humpback whales. Why was, humpback? Yeah, why? That's uh, so the humpbacks, basically it's mothers that have given birth to their calves and then they're resting and just kind of letting the calves learn how to swim and teaching them different things while they rest before they go off to uh, colder climates to feed. So, um, yeah, you, you have some males, so you, you get a couple different experiences. You get heat runs, which is when a bunch of the males are competing for, uh, for um, uh, the females. Mm -hmm. So you can have up to 10, 15 males weaving, bashing each other, hitting each other with their tails, and on those Whale tricks? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you just jump in and see a wall of these massive whales swimming towards you and you kind of just get out of the way. But for the most part, the encounters are uh, mothers and calves and their babies just frolicking around. A lot of times they're sleeping, so you can kind of just get a little close to them and whatnot. And we had a couple really good experiences where the babies were just in our faces, showing us their tricks, looking in our eyes and just, yeah, it was what now when, was, when you say babies how big are they like five times the size of us <laughs> like a car they're, they're not small babies <laughs> like a baby a baby you, humpback is like a vehicle yeah pretty much yeah they're Plus, about the, the weight of a Trailer car swift. still but when you look at the the yeah oh <laughs> well, yeah that's like the mothers the mothers are about the size of the trailer swift that's incredible but yeah it was cool it was um it was a good opportunity to disconnect uh you know there's very little internet there so i think for the first time in probably like two years, I actually turned my phone off because there was just no point to even have it on. That was something that was actually a pretty good breath of fresh air. And even then I would pick it up and be like, oh wait, my phone's off, what am I doing? So I put it back down and stuff. But to be kind of disconnected from everything, to be in the water, I mean, I think you guys pretty much know me at this point mm -hmm. that I'm happiest when I'm in and around the ocean. So, you know, ocean therapy was exactly what I needed and just to, I don't know, yeah, kind of just see a little bit how different people live. Like some of these uh, people in Tonga literally have connected to the internet for the first time in their life this year. Like they're just very, just living in a different way with very, you know, I won't say very little because when you look at how they live, they are very close. Like majority of them live 10 to 15 people all in the same home with their families. So they're very connected with what's, what really matters to them. And I think... You know, oftentimes for us, we kind of lose sight of that or maybe don't have as much appreciation for those kinds of things. So oh, just sure. being around that all the time where families, everything and they yeah, are obviously quite close with their whole families was cool, cool to see. And just how, you know, how little they had, but how much they actually were still happy and how much they still appreciated just the little things in life. And I don't know, they're very, very cool people. And so it's good to be around. Language spoken in Tonga. 
Uh, Tongan. Tongan. Yeah. Okay. I What's couldn't really pick symbol? up many words other than malo, which is thank you. So okay. I threw That's a bunch what, of malos what, what out there. What language would you say it's kind of similar to? Uh, sounds Hawaiian. Sounds kind of Hawaiian. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Hawaiian, Hawaii, French, Banahu, Polynesian, kind Malo, of. Mahalo. You're better with the languages, but it was something <laughs> kind of, I don't know. I like the way it sounded, but okay. I didn't really pick up much. And then I also wanted to, I don't know if you even really know this, is Tonga like the last time zone kind of thing on earth? Like I know that where we are in Vancouver, everyone you know celebrates New Year's before us pretty mm-hmm. much. But I think like... Tonga is either like the first or the last, I think. They're ahead of the times. Yeah. They are ahead? Uh, yeah. I time traveled ahead when I went there. Okay. It was similar, I think, to Australia. I think. Well, yeah, it is close to Australia, but so I think like, they're like right on the border. All those those islands and stuff around there, that's yeah. like the border of the timeline, time zones. Yeah. They're definitely ahead of us. I don't know. I got pretty mixed up with time going from- Which way did you fly? You flew to Sydney and then you- I went the long way. It took me almost- I think almost two days to get there. So I flew so you, through yeah. Sydney just for financial sake of getting cheaper routes. I flew to Sydney and then I flew to Fiji. I overnighted in Fiji and then I went to Tonga. So it wow. was a but longer you were going, route. Ideally you, you would first go to LA. Pacific. You're going. Yes. Yeah. Which way were you yes. headed? Um, across the Pacific. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if we had a new year's party in Tonga, you could fly to Vancouver and still make new year's in Vancouver. Definitely. I think so. Yeah. Just checking. We could go up. Um, but yeah, all in all it was great to be in the water, just be around the whales. Uh, oh, right. You were in the water, right? Get a little break from you guys. No, <laughs> I don't. Blame um, you. yeah. I mean, anyone that has ever wanted to swim with whales, there's yeah. no better place in the world to do it. Thanks for the and invite Kenzo. I know. Unfortunately, I couldn't bring the rest of the team, but like I said, the, you're literally swimming with dinosaurs. These things are absolutely incredible and definitely looking in the eye of a whale is something that I think everyone should experience in their life. And I'm happy that I finally did because this was a long time bucket do, list. Do I you deserve like, it, man. Do you like the yeah. mother whales like get scared of like, man, there's this weird thing. Yeah, you, you got to do it in a certain way. And there's different yeah. rules. Like obviously you don't really want to approach them from behind. You want to kind of assess the whale before you get in the water with them. Mm-hmm. There was one instance where a whale was tail slapping like crazy. And that's like a kind of indication that you shouldn't get in the water. Right. And actually on the last day, literally the last one of the trip, I got tail slapped by a baby whale. And I think it was more of a playful thing because it was a cheeky whale. But if that was a male, or uh, so it wasn't all, courting you, huh? It wasn't courting you? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Oh, wow, putting the moves on, but it. You ever uh, see the shape, you you see the shape of water? Split second was a little <laughs> shape of water. <laughs> it was crazy though. Oh, Ooh, just, yeah, yeah, definitely. Highly recommend just an experience like that. And more than anything, it's like these these whales almost went extinct at one point. So right. the fact that they're still around and we have that opportunity to actually still swim with them is kind of a, yeah, it's a blessing. So good reminder of just what's still out there and to hear them sing too is crazy. The, uh, the stories that you posted on Instagram, um, were incredible. But the one that I remember was the audio clips that you had of them calling, I think the calves or singing, whatever. And I was just like something you couldn't even make up. It was something so like alien and foreign. It was it's like crazy. It's wild. crazy. It's, it's actually only the males that sing. So the females don't sing. It's all the males. And apparently there's like some documentary you're watching while we're out there, but apparently all the males actually learn the same song. So for example, when they go to like hmm. Hawaii in different areas, they all congregate to these areas and they actually like get synchronized. So 
as we were watching this documentary, me and my friend Nadia, who's out there, we were like, okay, like I have all this audio recording of the whale song. And then we're like, apparently if they all sing the same song, then we should be able to match it up. So we actually took footage she had from months previous of a different male singing and actually found the point where those two songs were synchronized, which oh, is wild. insane. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. We were pretty excited about it, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like it's, there's urban legends or myths about how that can actually heal the human body through the vibrations or maybe it's yeah, more you were a saying it like spiritual thing. It shakes your bones when but you're in there. Yeah, yeah I, I swam deep a couple times and when you're fully submerged under underwater, like <laughs> literally you can feel it vibrating your bones and like it's, yeah, it's a special, special experience. Maybe yeah. next year you'll heal. Heal man. I heard this one story about like the saddest whale in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it was born with like a, some sort of like defect in its voice. And his, when he called out and sang, like it was like a different note or something and nobody could hear him. Mm. So like he went on living his life alone because he had that note. Shakira that is actually Shakira. a pretty, they make a lot of different <laughs> weird sounds. And I think there'll probably be some maybe clips of it in the, the video we eventually post. Yeah but they make a very weird range of clicks to hums. Could to, you please mimic it yeah. uh, to the best yes. of your abilities? Oh man, I couldn't. Some okay. of it, okay, some of it's literally like whoop, whoop, like that. And then other times it's like, mm. <laughs> and then I, you know, there's, there's so many, but there's some that is actually, it sounds like it's sad. You can hear it and it's oh, like something really? crying out for like, an answer that like, like, never yeah. comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Are you my mommy? Can you take it? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody do their best whale. No way. And humpback. Yeah. That's but awesome. Yeah, the babbling brooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back here in rainy Vancouver. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Happy that's right. Welcome we are back. happy. Um, well, that's awesome that you guys uh, were able to travel. And go somewhere awesome. Where were you, Just Josh? Japan, <laughs> Josh. I was in Japan. Okay. What's wrong with being in Japan? I was in Japan. Put the host under the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in Japan for three days. Did uh, you pack any clothes? No, I left all my clothes at Kenzo's place. <laughs> and I packed like a little shoe bag. Shoe bag with uh, maybe two shirts and two pants. I ended up having to buy clothes from Uniqlo. Did those shirts have any missing buttons? <laughs> okay, here's the thing, though. Every time I've asked you about Japan, you're like, oh, I was in Japan. Like, Japan's great. Yes, I want to go is. there. Yeah, okay, but I don't want to be like, yeah, I was in Japan, and I ate so much good food, I want to make you feel bad about no, it. No, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about your ramen experiences. Well, the thing is with Japan is uh, it's with the place that I went to, which was Nagoya, um, it's kind of hit and miss, I'll be honest. You kind of have to be... You have to do your research a lot before going to into any of these restaurants, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's very expensive. I would say the food's quite expensive. Like, um, I went out for breakfast one day, and um, we had, um, my girlfriend and I, we had a, like, a bun. Like, sorry, a, three pieces of bread and some, some, some egg salad. That was $10. Yeah. So. In 2003... A Big Mac was like 10,000 yen or something. Yeah. 10, 10, 10 bucks, pretty much something like that. Yeah. My numbers aren't exactly accurate, but it was <laughs> came to around like $10 for a Big Mac mm-hmm. way back in the day, 15 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. It, for sure, like you think like, oh yeah, you think you, when you're in a different country, sometimes you don't really 
connect like how much this is with how much you actually have. So you're like, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I can afford McDonald's. that. The McDonald's is always the, hmm. That's the yeah, right. <laughs> I just compare prices of McChickens in every different country and see it works. this place is expensive. I will say yeah. though, like with Japan, uh, it always helps having a local person mm-hmm. give you those secret little spots because you walk down yeah, these anywhere. Here's, you have no yeah, idea. Everywhere. Here's anywhere. the thing. Anywhere. Everywhere, I guess. I, I guess I, uh, yeah, I guess I can share the story like, Two years ago, I was in Japan um, by myself. My girlfriend left me there. <laughs> um, I get, my girlfriend left me there too, so that I could hang out there by myself because she was coming oh, back in, the, in, the, in the coming of days. And um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'll let it go. <laughs> what? I just thought you got sorry. Anyways, go ahead. Okay, fine. So what ended up happening was uh, I was by myself, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to explore the world in in uh, in Japan. I went out for dinner late at night. Um, and I was waiting in line to to sit, and somebody cut me off. And I was like, oh, whatever. He cut me off, whatever. So I ordered my food, and this restaurant was super packed. I ended up having to sit with the person who cut me off. And then we were eating ramen in front of each other, like really close, <laughs> really close it's to each tense. other. Like closer Swerp. than you is and this I. A, is this a Japanese person? Yes, this was a Japanese okay. person. And he, I think he was maybe drunk. Maybe that he didn't notice that I was in front of him, maybe. So what ended up happening was he obviously recognized, saw that I was obviously foreign, right? And then he started talking to me and his English was pretty good, actually. And turns out that he was from the area and he said, hey, I'll take you around tomorrow if you're, if you're going to be here. And then I was like, all right, cool. This is exactly like, you know, what I would like to happen to have like a local show you around. So then the next day he took me to like a completely different city, showed me around to like the different temples and stuff. And, and then you woke up with no pants and, wallet. <laughs> and, and, and my liver was missing. And then um, very fine line when someone says, oh, like, oh, I want to show you around. You're not from around here. You're by yourself. Let me, you know, first do something nice this. for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a fine line between like, wow, this person's really genuine and a right. good hearted individual and wants to help me uh-huh. versus Where's wow, am I ever susceptible to something? I know. You know? Maybe in like Eastern However, Europe. <laughs> I've, when I went to Japan, I found them to be a very, very nice people mm-hmm. on the whole. Like, yeah. Everyone was so awesome. I really like the Japanese. Yeah. He took me around to like a different, different city, showed me temples and stuff. And he said, Oh, we're going to go have dinner at this place where I used to eat at all the time when I was in university. And it was like a super secret spot that took us like 30 minutes to talk, to walk to. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Having a local experience is awesome, especially if it's a place like Japan where not a lot of people speak English. Yeah. Because Japanese true. are beautiful people. I can attest to that. <sighs> yeah, just so Fake you know, news. everyone. Um, You've been before, right, Parker? Yeah. I'm the only one. Would yeah. you take the High Life crew there? Hundred percent. We're gonna do it. Yeah. We're gonna do that Would Mario you? Kart go karting track thing. My brother did that with his girlfriend actually, and he we it was hilarious. Throwing bridges and there. stuff, and it's just. I think it would be awesome if we maybe stayed out of the cities and did some of the more right, like adventurous stuff. Realistically, yeah. as High on Life, we do better out of the city like mm-hmm. we have more fun just in nature and going to explore and stuff when we're in the city unless we have like a huge budget to go and spend on stuff like we really don't know what to do no and then we're in big cities and stuff we just kind of end up at a bar yeah. have a couple of drinks and talk about what we might want to do but we never really know what we want to do and we don't there's not a lot of cool stuff to see except maybe some architecture which is cool for a few minutes and stuff yeah, but for like sure. when you know nature there's just there's endless possibilities there's animals creatures like cool waterfalls and streams and lakes and the beautiful rain monkeys and like yeah. in japan animal yeah i think it would be cool if you're going to a place where we don't 
don't have a lot of connections and we don't speak the language fluently. City life is when you have connections. Yeah. When you have someone to show you around, then yeah. we can do city. And Why stuff. not reach out to someone that knows us, that could show us around? Uh, no, if we reach out any, yeah, we would definitely. We definitely yeah. have people. Honestly, from high school days, I could reach out to some people that I'm pretty sure would be able to help out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. What's the most What's the most ridiculous country that you think we should visit? The most ridiculous country we Not should ridiculous, visit? Not ridiculous, sorry. I didn't mean ridiculous, but like... North like Korea. Left field. I'd go there. I, I would want go to check North it out. Korea, yeah. When Jacob went there, I don't um, think there's anywhere in the world I wouldn't go. You know, hundred percent. Also, the, the last time I heard I about the last time I heard about somebody going to uh, Iraq, they said that where they went and the people that they were hanging out with, everyone was super hospitable, mm-hmm. very warm and welcoming. Food was good, and they had a really great experience. Completely contrary to what their expectations mm-hmm. were. Yeah. So I like, guess that's the same with most countries, though. They have yeah. an incredibly negative stigma. You show up and you get the real story right i felt like when i was when all that like uh like what i can't remember the documentary was called but when i went to Colombia and everyone's like it's the most dangerous place in the world it was the safest country i'd ever been to the the police mm-hmm. and the infrastructure and everything surrounding all the like people tourism there was so safe and i was like this is not what i had in mind for what's when the, i went there what's right? the name of that show Narcos, I think. Yeah, well, uh, apparently people from Colombia hate that shit. Yeah, they do. They hate cocaine. They hate that trade. They hate everything about it. And they've turned that around, been so anti-drug, anti-crime yeah. that it's become a really safe yeah, place. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's crazy, but there's like literally police officers with shotguns mm. loaded, ready to go walking around, but they're for your protection. Yes, yeah, know that's a that's a tricky line for me. Like different places in South America, they have that. You know, every corner has an armed guard. You know, for your safety. But they're also there because if they weren't there, shit would go down. Yeah, Yeah, it's the present. You know, so it's like, yeah, that is. Cartagena, which is like the most touristy place in my mind I could go besides maybe Medellin. And like it's it's tons of like just like people from America and and, and families and, you know, engaged people and all that stuff. But like there was still that kind of protection idea. And I didn't know, I didn't see any kind of like drug trade or anything going on there at all, or any kind of sketch. When it comes down to it, there's only so much you can really know about something by reading about it until you actually Mm -hmm. go there and see. Before I forget though, Japan, where my knee heals snowboarding in their crazy powder snow they have up there. Fuji? It's, it's, I don't know where north. I think Nagano. It's the most incredible snow they have. And that's on my bucket list. So I'd love to do that with you guys at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Yeah. We'll put I that think, on our list, I guess. Yeah, add that in there. Yeah. I think, yeah, no matter where you go in the world, there's going to be a story that, you know, a story to be told or something that you can get out of it. And it might not be the highlight or best place in the world or whatever, but no matter what, you're going to gain some experience from it that will probably uh, benefit you in some way. And I will attest, like, my aunt literally has traveled to every country in the world. Really? Literally? Every single Quite country literally? in the world. And how many I want to meet are her and I want to ask her How many countries are there uh, in the world right now? 205, like something like Just that. over 200, I think. That's She'll tell um, stories. And <laughs> but yeah, I think that's also sort of changing. question about um, like what countries would we not want to go to, I, I'd really like to take us to some countries that are not explored, that have a negative stigma or whatever, and just go explore them and tell the real story. Our friend Jacob, his last name? Locatus. Locatus, great human being, love that guy. He went and did an amazing video about North Korea, and I couldn't stop watching it because he really gave you the on the ground feel of what was going on there, his take on it, which didn't, is an honest. Didn't he like slum India for a little yeah, bit? He slummed and India like, too. He, is, yeah. he did it twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's done some real stuff. And after watching his videos, it's like, I mean, we've done a lot of like 
fill us stuff. It's great when we're in a big group, we kind of need that, but I want to go rough it. Like rough that's it. the reason why we yeah. do Garibaldi. I want to go shot run. work for what we're doing, but like I'd love to take us to a country where we actually test their metal and really make some crazy good content and to tell a story that's not just like we're living the dream, but we're living like, you know, how these locals live and like we're not having a good time, but this is what happens. Yeah, for right? sure. And like, I think that's when the best stories are told. I remember, sorry, I, I was thinking like as the, as our, the so-called brand and channel matures, like, yeah, our content has to as well. So yeah, let's go to uh, Tajikistan. There's a lot of places that are covered <laughs> down. A lot of people, but there's a ton of places that are never covered at all. Yeah. yeah. Be good to go check it out. I think the one thing you have to be careful though, is like you can go by yourself and fly under the radar in Afghanistan or Iraq, wherever you want to go. But if you start bringing out big, shiny, expensive cameras and we're a bunch of white boys running around, I think that draws probably a lot of attention that we don't need in certain places. Mm -hmm. But got to be diligent, yeah, for yeah. sure. And absolutely, sometimes treat everyone with respect. And yeah, yeah. So my next topic that I've got over here, Kenzo, you mentioned that when you were uh, filming uh, down in Tonga, you. The big takeaway for you is that I wish somebody was here with me filming with me. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about like the differences, you know, pros and cons between, you know, making content on your own versus making content with a group of people. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that was, yeah, one of the first things I said is like, it was great. I had a lot of fun, obviously, just to be able to go out, shoot every day, film the whales, go do time lapses. It was great. And one of the things you were saying, it's like, when you're filming by yourself, you have full freedom. You don't have to wait for somebody to do this or if that person has an idea what they want to do, you know, you don't have to just, you can just do whatever you want. So in that sense, it is nice to have the freedom to literally just go with the flow and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But there was uh, definitely a missing element to having that other partner in crime or team to just set up shots. And for example, if I wanted to film me walking down the street i had to set up a tripod <laughs> and walk and hope that nobody took my tripod <laughs> hope that it was as i was focus. walking away yeah. from my camera and, and stuff so it definitely you know there's pros and cons like i said you know every time i wanted to do something i could just go and do it i didn't have anyone bugging me like hey i'm hungry or hey we gotta go i just i can do it on my own time or whatever hey i've got a blister kenzo i'm hungry yeah exactly so it's good and i had fun and in a certain way it was a different challenge to be a one-man show and try and get shots and be fully responsible for all the content that's going to come out of a place or a trip and try to tell a story in a different kind of unique way so it's a good challenge and hopefully yeah something good will come out of it i think the the footage and the the story that's going to be told will be pretty sweet but i definitely could have used at least one more person I think yeah. at back the in the day, back in the day, Riker and I kind of put a little blog post together about solo travel versus group travel. And I want to ask you guys, because I don't even really know what your take is on it. What's the ideal number of people to have for like the most efficient film sessions? I was just thinking three to four, that. three to four. There's four definitely, eight. there's definitely a sweet spot for three sure. to four max. Five, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I think it, de it depends. I would Sorry, say personally. who's in it. And then, yeah, I would say about three to four for sure, because it depends what you're trying to accomplish, right? If it's just filming, that's one thing. But if you're taking photos and mm -hmm. like, um, I think it's great, like for Josh, like coming with us, he can shoot, but he's also the editor. So he knows what we want to shoot, right? That takes care of like almost two roles right there. Then you've got to have personalities, but then everyone holding a camera, I think. Yeah. I'm just wondering like if, if two of us went anywhere to go get content, I think two works pretty well. I think two, two would work really well. I think yeah. the A-B dynamic's pretty good. And I think, like you were saying, it depends on what kind of 
like style or what what kind of stuff you're shooting what mm. kind of shots you need to get because but when you have three or more banter you get banter. you know what thinking three back thinking yeah. back to like early days high in life i yeah. would say three is ideal yeah. yeah because you know at some point two people are gonna butt heads pretty bad and there <laughs> needs to be that one extra mediator yeah, yeah, that yeah, one yeah, guy yeah. who who takes both sides and kind of calms the group down mm-hmm. yeah yeah and back in the day we had two people with very yeah. forceful thoughts and ideas and, and desires it, 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 and we needed really somebody the personalities are for sure. And I think like even in Bali, for example, it's pretty cool yeah. where we had a whole team where it's just like tons of cameras, tons of different vantage points. Like if, yeah, it's just nice to have that many more cameras getting that different. Yeah. I was just thinking about that, our motorcycle, uh, thing that we did yeah, towards so the end. I think, yeah, there's definitely benefits to all the different dynamics, but one is definitely a little tricky. I think to have one other person on that trip would have made life a lot easier for sure. One would be tough. Yeah. Go like put your camera somewhere, run back and and then walk forward. I don't even like if I've been to a nice spot and I want to take a photo or shoot it, I, I don't want to set up a tripod and walk away and like, just like it's bringing so much attention to yourself. I know it's what we're supposed to be doing, but like, that is a big thing. Sometimes I'm just like, I'll just, I'll just enjoy the day. I literally have one photo of myself. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I think I get self-conscious of like, yeah, setting up a camera and getting the angle right. And then like, I'm going to stand here and get a photo done or or I'm going to, yeah. Or walk, look into the distance. I'm super self-conscious about that for some reason. Maybe I won't be in the future, but well, we yeah. don't do selfies, so like that's a good thing. But like all that equipment that we have to set up mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes it's just like I don't want to do it. I don't know. Yeah, and what about your guys' experience? You know, shooting as a group. Now that I have my own cat, like a, a better camera, now I might think about doing it because I'm actually way more drawn to shooting better stuff with it. But like I still, I'm, I that resonates with me. Nadia couldn't really come with all yeah. the shoots that you yeah. wanted to do, so I just imagine you trying to you know, save time, get ready in the day and then trying to like shoot something. It's just like, I want to eat breakfast or I have to do this or I like, there's something I have to take care of. It's like, it gets in the way. Yeah, it was a bit tricky. Yeah. A bit tricky. And yeah. Is this the same Nadia that was in Mexico when we went snorkeling and stuff? No. Maybe that's not even yeah, the right Nadine. <laughs> no, that was different Nadia. This is the Nadia I've been doing scuba diver life. She's the founder, CEO of a, a diving website. Uh, called Scuba Diver Life. Okay, yeah. Not the same person I'm thinking of. A lot of good chips and yeah. Quick question for you, Parker. Mm. Would you do a road trip in Trailer Swift with us again? Doesn't have to be the States. Quick quick answer would be yes, but there are certainly some details I would want to know ahead of time. (laughs) Quite a few. Yes or no now, that's all you get. Yes or no now, then I'll say yes. (laughs) But I'm leery of you, Justice. (laughs) Very leery. As you should be. Always scheming something up. A snore blocker 2000 for Josh. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm Um, I'm going to get a CPAP machine. FYI, anyone who's listening, I have to be at work 10 minutes ago. So... Oh, Ooh, that's all okay. to say. Oh, wow. It's not well, a big deal. Just no, to bring that's it up. cool. I mean, we can wrap it up. That's cool. Yeah. Just Josh, throwing it out there. Josh knows how to this has been fun. bring us to the I college. mean, I wanted to get through some, you know, fan questions or whatever, but we can do that another time. Those are important. Let's, Let's hit do some a couple fan questions. Okay, right. 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 We'll do five wait. minutes. You know, five minutes of fan questions. Here we go. For sure. Fan questions. I like fans more than you guys. I'm just kidding. Nobody likes fans more than me. I'm the fan guy. (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) Fan guy. All right. Let me just quickly scroll through here. (laughs) You could call me the fan boy. There you go. I don't want you to. (laughs) I will. Okay. Anybody can answer this. Favorite place to stay in Bali. I have my fave, but I'm a bit curious. By the Fem Coach. 
Is this accommodation? Is or uh, whatever, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Changu, we love. Changu um, for the town. Uh, Nusalamongan. Damn it. Had a really, really good time out there. There's a lot of cool viewpoints, a lot of cool cliff jumping spots. You're on a, when we went there, we went there the the second time to Bali for most of us. And some of us hadn't been to New Zalambangan yet. And when we went, we didn't want to come back to mainland Bali. It's true. Didn't want to come back. He said, stay. If you had phrased it, visit, I would have probably gone with that as well. Well, I mean, we stayed there a night. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. As far as exact accommodation, right. I, yeah. I don't know. That was actually, I think, the biggest. We had done so much jet setter boss stuff and group stuff together, and the fact that we were able to just do that two night trip out there, and we did Chenigan and help me out, Lambongan, Chenigan, and Panita. Panita. My bad. It's been a while. Anyways, that was those three islands was the most like breathtaking Bali experience that it had. It was just like you had to work for a lot of like you had to work for a lot of the stuff that we were doing, like the hikes and stuff like that were pretty dangerous and it was the most rewarding. So Yeah, that's true. Went. Who asked that, Josh? Yeah. Uh the Fem Coach. Fem Coach. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Fem Coach. Yeah. Nusa Panita, bit of an unsung destination. Yeah. Sunday. Actually, no, people know it's awesome. It's one yeah. boat yeah. ride. They know it's, it's not unsung at this point. Yeah. But no, it's one boat ride and like People won't even go there because it's a boat ride. And then it's to get to the really choice locations. It's bumpy roads and it's hard to get in a scooter. That will literally drive away all the tourists because it's not easy to get. Quite to. literally. Next Quite question. Literally. Quite literally. All right. Next question. This is for Bob. justice. How do you handle the situation of waiting for everyone else to be ready? Noticed from one of your Bali videos. I also get very annoyed with this situation. King wow. Julian. Oh King my Julian. God, thank you. This, who's this? King Julian. the latest I, one. We were always waiting for him. Uh, Kenzo. It's who, for justice, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Kenzo, who was I like, waiting on every time out of the apartment? Um, it's, it's not always the situation. Um, I think whoever designs the trip or the excursion is the one that kind of has to rally the troops. And it's, it falls on everyone. If I'm designing the trip or whatever, then I'm usually the one who's kind of like being held accountable for it. So I'm the one that's feeling stressed. Mm-hmm. But like if Parker did the, whatever the restaurant place. We, I 100% agree with he, that. He, he organized. Whoever we lined it up and organized I could, it. I can feel the stress because it happens right here yeah. when he was organizing all the stuff that we normally did. I understood finally why he got so peeved. And we'd actually had a, we were created a rule. If we were doing something like Omnia, we'd, actually, we'd set <laughs> the meetup time at 12 o'clock, but we're actually meeting at one o'clock. That's exactly what we did for this podcast. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, exactly. We the did po- for this too. Yeah, exactly. We ben, we're supposed to be here by five, but Ben actually wanted to start at six or whatever. So it's yeah. like, um, you get frustrated because the stress is on you to mm-hmm. be held accountable. And you're the person you've reached out to the person you're collaborating with is going through you, not through everybody else. So you feel the extra pressure. You want to perform well. You want to do repeat business and this reflects you. So I say we use that as a takeaway though. Tell everybody that you want to start at this time but in your head, realistically, you'd be very happy to start one hour later and just give yourself that cushion of time and don't tell anybody about it. Okay. My biggest thing is I would love for us to come together and let you be on time for shit. <laughs> yeah, without having to that. fake it. It's harder when you got more people. The group <laughs> know, dynamic yeah. makes it very much more difficult. I know. Okay. Uh, Kenzo is for you uh, from Jennifer Mackey. Did you so ever Jennifer. make friends with the piggies? Did I ever make friends with the piggies? No, unfortunately not. I didn't. I got close, but I literally tried the entire trip. And even Nadia can attest to this. There's literally pigs everywhere on that island of Avau. Like 
some vavavu. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but no, they're very skittish. I tried to bribe them with food. I tried to befriend the mother. You I can't tried offer to them chase bacon away the mother. Yeah, I Kenzo. tried to do everything I could possibly do, and it never worked. Unfortunately, I got close, but not close enough. So Jennifer, did you make friends with the piggies? Yeah, if you know difficult. any tips, Jennifer, please. Like, let <laughs> know. Sounds tricky. Yeah. Jennifer Mackey was my math teacher at Coast Guard College. I hope it's her. She drank a lot of Diet Pepsi. <laughs> oh, no, that's not her. <laughs> okay. Um, you boys coming to Australia and New Zealand anytime in the near future by Stephen Hodgetts. I hope Hopefully. so. Define near. Yeah, we'll, we'll go in Australia, New Zealand in the future. I don't know when. Though. I'd love to do a just trip. in Australia, but only for like 12 hours. <laughs> drive to Australia? Yes. <laughs> go back Aqua in bus. a heartbeat. Yellow submarine. Um, I'd love trip. to come to Australia. Yeah, sorry. Nothing nothing planned. Nothing in the in the works yet. But no, it's certainly... Have you ever been? No. Have you ever been? I lived in Australia. You have been right I knew you. Yeah. I knew yeah. you yeah. Yeah. I've lovely. never been to Australia either. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really on the list. I've been... I was there... 2004. So oh, I don't Australia remember much. It's really like so, five countries in itself, but yeah. it's worth spending some solid time there. And we should definitely do road trip. Taylor road trip. Swift. Trailer Swift. Don't say ship Taylor. it there. All right. Here's a good one from Andrew Martinez. Biggest tip on knowing when to actually say fuck it and just chase your dreams. Now. Always do it. Well, biggest biggest tip? tip on knowing when to actually just say it. I think you need more context to it. No, you do. But like, I could probably give you a bit of an answer. Mm-hmm. When yeah. it feels right, when you have something in you that's like, you know what? I don't I don't have any like any backup evidence that this is going to work, but I feel good about it. I'm going to throw on a random example that may not be the ideal example ever, but this is what kind of comes to mind for me. Birthday, Bali, just this year, I wanted to front flip over a motorcycle Mm -hmm. and I'd never done it before. I know my abilities of front flips and I kind of know the height it's going to be. Kenzo wanted to be riding it. So I knew, okay, handlebars are here (laughs) with his head. He's going to be here with his head ducked about there. That's about, you know, yay high on me. Pretty sure I can jump that height. I just need to time it. And I said, you know what? I can do it. I feel really good. I just, I, there's something in me that I, I want to do it. I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to set up shots and this and that. Let's just go and do it. I feel really good about this. And just as you were filming, I don't know if you were Snapchatting or what, but you had something going had like on camera devices, yeah. and you're like, yeah, so we're just getting set up for this shot. I don't know if we're doing any practice runs. Parker, are we doing a practice jump at all? <laughs> and I just look at you and I went, nope. nope. No practice. Like, okay, I guess we're not. <laughs> yeah. First try, nailed it. Nailed Second it. try, third try, nailed, nailed it again, it. even better. When one. you get that feeling, if you get a feeling of just like, you know what? Forget the risks, forget the rules, forget the things. That, well, okay, don't forget the rules. But forget like the things that, you know, are, are warning you, like be careful. Mm-hmm. If you feel it, play on that. Play on that feeling that you get. Because like, I don't know, it, it's... You can't even really explain it most of the time, but there is this like gut feeling, gut feeling, yeah. sixth sense that's it's it's right. I think and it's a good example, it, actually. Go for yeah. it, yeah. Because th- there will be uh, times like you're doing the the front flip, and people will be like, "Don't do it; it's, it's dangerous and it's scary." Whatever, and those are the people that you've kind of got to, I guess, quiet. Because if you're trying to really reach your dreams or do something that you really want to accomplish, it's it's easy for your parents, your friends, someone that doesn't believe in you to, ta- to tell you you can't do it. 
or you mm-hmm. can't accomplish it. But you're the only one. You are the only one that can really gauge that for yourself. But at the, the same time, if, if you're unsure and or you have other people being like, oh, I don't know, you maybe maybe don't do it. It's a bit risky. And you feel yourself like, oh, I got a bit of the jitters. I don't know. Don't push it. You don't need to push it. Only if you really feel like, man, I got this. I really, I feel good about this. I want to do this. And then, you know, put up the, the safety precautions and measures that you need to have in place, yeah. have friends around somebody with a phone in case, whatever you little need. A little bit different, right? but flip being over a motorcycle versus trying a career and like singing yeah. or something like that though. Yeah. You're yeah. What, you're, what you're talking about, like having those safety precautions <coughs> and, and people that you can talk to and all that. I think, yeah, those things that can apply for sure. Support systems, whatever yeah. that means to you in this scenario for sure. Yeah. But, <coughs> and I think like, don't think about what's going to happen if things go wrong or if it doesn't pan out. Instead, think about how good it's going to be and how good it's going to feel when things do pan out and when it all goes right. And that's sometimes the the difference. I'll give you that push to actually just go for it. And, and yeah, the biggest thing I've also learned in the you know the past few seasons is like even if you fail, you know it's 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 not the end of the world if you fail. You can always just you know get yourself up and try again. Every you lost the battle, but you can still win the war. Yeah. Okay, right. we got a last question here before we wrap up. Justice, this is from Golden Boy. What wow. type of woman would you date? I don't know. Anyway. All right, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very general question. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, you know, catch us on catch us on all our social whatevers. Uh, we got a video coming out this Sunday. Check us out next week. We'll be back next week. I'm really curious to fun. hear more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. Right, thanks, Josh. <laughs>